So hey guys, we, uh, we're we going to do just a normal episode of the shoebox. And honestly, there's a few things I want to talk about, but I don't really have, you know, a plan of anything to talk about. I just want to sort of just, you know, vomit a bunch of stuff that's just, you know, uh, that I'm thinking of right now. Um, I guess the main thing that I want to talk about is the Scorsese and um, Francis Ford Coppola situation, which... Um, you know, I'm just going to jump, I'm just going to jump to it and just, and just say, say what I think. I think people, I think there's a lot of people that are really downplaying the situation and don't understand the possible repercussions of what they're saying. Now, before I go into that and explain, let me say this. In reality, <clears throat> and I think it's only fair to be fair, so I will say in reality, I don't honestly think that too much is going to happen from this, right? But that's not the point, okay? That's not the point. Um, you know, it's not like this situation, you know, jumping back into it. And going back to the conversation, um, you know, we're not talking about as if this was something crazy that, like, you know, Tom Cruise said, or, you know, some actor or some, you know, just somebody being, you know, weird on on a, on an interview show or something on a talk show. We're talking about two of the greatest filmmakers of all time. Um, you know, I was just saying not that long ago that I completely agree with the sentiment that I think if you were going to make the Mount Rushmore, uh, and, and I'm somebody that I appreciate Scorsese's work and I appreciate, um, Ford Coppola's work. I do not, I have not watched a whole lot of their films, but I'm going to be one of those people that absolutely says, if you were going to make the Mount Rushmore of directors three directors that have to be on there out of the four have to be francis ford coppola martin scorsese and steven spielberg you know um that's unnegotiable the way that their films have impacted cinema through the years is undeniable um 100 which is why it's so disappointing that Scorsese is coming out and saying the things that he's saying, and the fact that we have someone like Francis Ford Coppola backing up these statements. And so, look, you know, there's a lot of people that I think want to just blow this off and just say, oh, you know, I mean, it's just their opinion. They don't like, you know, they don't like um, comic book movies. What's, what's wrong with their opinion? Even if it's stupid, what's wrong with their opinion? And honestly, the answer to that question in of itself is nothing. Nothing's wrong with that. If that was all it was, if it was just a bunch of old geezers coming out saying, oh, I don't get these comic book movies and why, you know, everybody likes it. I just, you know, they, they just don't do it for me. Like, I just, I, I, I don't get it, you know. You know, that we would be having a, a completely different conversation. And, and I would not feel the need to yet talk about the subject yet again. 
But the thing that really baffles me is how so many people are underplaying what's going on here. And look, I get it. You know, and people don't want to use this verbiage. And again, going back to what I said earlier, too, like, look, in reality, I don't think what they're saying and these sentiments have any traction, but the dangers are still there. Because when you have somebody like a Martin Scorsese that has the name recognition, that has, you know, that like uh, a presence in Hollywood and in the business people are gonna listen it's not just like me saying something on a stupid little podcast you know when you got martin scorsese coming up on stage in different arenas all across the united states if not the world to masses and massive amount of people imagine being a young filmmaker and being in the audience, hearing Scorsese say these things, you're either going to be one of two people or somewhere in between. You're going to be somebody that's going to be really off-put by what he said because you're somebody that really enjoys Marvel films. Or you're going to be somebody that is so in love with him as a director that you're like, you know what? You're right. These movies are not really cinema. These movies are, are, are a danger. Because... We're talking about Scorsese, you know. I mean, he's he's the king. He's the he's the, the top guy, right? So it's like if you're hearing him say these things as a young filmmaker or as somebody that appreciates his outlook on the business, you're gonna hang on to every single word he says. You know, I remember, you know, and again, this is a little bit different because you know I was I was a, a kid, you know. But I remember, you know, being a young kid, getting into filmmaking for the first time, you know, being in middle school, you know, um, I was lucky enough to be homeschooled. And so a lot of the things that I researched for school, I got to pick. And so, you know, if you go back and look at a bunch of the reports and, and different things that I did, it was often on people that were in the film industry. But I remember on one of the papers I did, um, I did it on Steven Spielberg. And I remember being so enamored by reading all of the little things that he, he said in the past and um, by his work. You know, I remember writing a paper on Michael J. Fox. I read his book, Lucky Man. And, you know, um, I was a huge Family Ties fan. I loved Back to the Future. Um, you know, before I was really introduced to Johnny Depp, Michael J. Fox was my favorite actor. And then my favorite actor became Johnny Depp. And so, you know, but my point is, I, as a young filmmaker, I hung on to every single thing that Spielberg said, you know, because I'm like, if anyone, if anyone knows, it's going to be him, you know. And so it's that same sort of idea or mentality. And it's, you know, um, you know, I wrote this, you know, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call them out, you know. But somebody that I follow on Twitter said, "I don't agree with Scorsese or Coppola, but why shouldn't they be entitled to their opinion? If I'm allowed to like the Last Airbender, why shouldn't they be allowed to dislike the Marvel Universe? Doesn't mean we're all we aren't all judged by our opinions, but we are entitled to have them." And I said, "The thing is not that they dislike it; 
It's that they are viewing it like an invasion. They feel like these movies are attacking quote-unquote real cinema. And now Scorsese is saying we, as the audience, don't know what good cinema is. I don't care if they like it. It's fine if they don't. Um, and then his response was, look, I get what they're saying, and I even understand why. It doesn't make them look good as filmmakers, but they can say whatever they want. They can share whatever opinion they have. I think it's a dumb opinion, but they can certainly have it. And this is what I said. I said, see, I disagree only because of the specific language they're using. If it wasn't for that, I'd be right there with you, which is the truth. Trust me, it won't be long until they show their real colors. On a much bigger and scarier scale, this reminds me of how racist attack acted back in the day. It's the whole us versus them mentality. And while I don't think their viewpoint will ever quote-unquote win, per se, it is no less dangerous. Art is subjective, it always has been, and no artist should be made to feel unwelcome, nor should we as the audience who is paying for it. And this person said this is an over-escalation of the issue to compare to racism is really irresponsible. Uh, I just, so it's there. I say, I say, dude, I was just saying as an example, you're taking what I said out of context. If that's the only thing you got on my tweets, you're missing the point of what I was saying. Can you honestly think of a better, more, better, more dangerous example of us versus them? Because I would argue there isn't one. And I honestly, that's how I feel. And and this is my honestly feel point. Like they're turning this into a us versus them thing. And the reason why I equated it to racism, because obviously this is not nearly as as serious, you know, as as that. You know, and, 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 and in that and in that frame of mind he's right. But that's not what I was saying though. You know, I never said that, you know, this is just as dangerous as racism. What I was saying though is you know if somebody has a, a mentality or an opinion that is dangerous and then they start going and preaching those values around this makes me think of what you know racists were like back in the day this is what makes me think of races that are still around today you know you know they you know just because they're people of power and just because you know of this reason or that reason we just flaunt away what they say just because they are who they are it's like you know oh that's just that's just joe joe says dumb things from time to time no what Joe said was dangerous. What Joe said is wrong. We shouldn't just flaunt it away like it's nothing, whether it is him or not. You know? And that's sort of my thing on this. Is like, look, this this is dangerous. Because look, you know, um, and again, going back to what I said at the beginning of all of this, do I honestly think that we're ever going to get to a point like this? No, probably not. But the dangerous thing about this is if we don't keep people like Scorsese and Coppola in check, they will like get a whole mass of people behind them just because of who they are and how long they've been in the industry. You know, it will happen. I'm telling you guys, it's right there in front of our faces and it's scary. Because, you know, I am, when it comes to filmmaking and telling stories in a visual manner, whether it be on the big screen in a movie theater or, you know, TV shows on TV, 
or whatever this is the this is the part of of life where i am the most um liberal if you will or you know free thinking like you know um like for instance and i'm gonna go you know 100 meters past past the line if you will but um you know one thing we are still not comfortable with in this country is showing naked bodies in film you know um, for whatever reason we don't want to see penis we don't want to see vagina you know boobs are okay some for some reason but we don't ever we don't want to show what's going on beneath you know and i don't agree with that um and obviously if we're not showing that with um adults we're not going to show that with kids either and i feel like there's a whole slew of stories that should be told that aren't uh, or aren't as effectively um, unless you unless we are able to do that if you look at other countries like France or you know um, old Japanese films or, or, or Chinese films um, there there's a slew of other countries that over the years especially in the 60s and 70s that told a myriad of um and the dutch the dutch has a bunch of films that have a myriad of stories um uh, where they're telling a story it's not like it's porn or you know anything graphic like that but they are telling stories but they have people of all ages um adults and children naked and they don't think anything of it and that's where I want to see our filmmaking get to, um, because it's art, you know, it's, it's all what it is. And I don't like the idea of anyone telling anyone what they can or can't do with their, um, storytelling, you know, devices. And so, you know, it's for me, uh, as a film lover, like I am, because, you know, I've always said, and I'll say it a, a thousand times again, filmmaking and movies that that's my first love in life guys like this stuff this this is what i live for this is what i i eat breathe and sleep movies and and filmmaking and um this is a real this is like i see this in a very different way because i'm not just looking at it in the now but i'm also looking at it in it and the possible futures that could come out of what is happening right now and you know i don't think that there's a good outcome you know even if our side wins out per se and you know um you know and, and nothing really happens out of it i do think things are going to get a lot worse before they get better um because these two really great iconic directors for whatever reason are turning this into a war and i don't know why but they are and um i'm telling you just you know all of the signs are there you know um all of the signs are there you know when you when you look at it side by side with different things that have happened in history you know um just because it's something on a lower scale you know so to speak, and we're not talking about like a world war or, you know, something like that, you know, 
Just because it's on a smaller scale does not mean that those same signs are not there. And that's what a lot of people are doing. They're like, ah, oh, everybody's turning this into a bigger issue than it's not. No, it really is. You know? Um, so, you know, I, I'm telling you, you don't got to take my word for it. All you got to do is do your own research. Just do the same things that I that I did, you know? Um, because it's there. The signs are there. So, um, let's talk about this whole Star Wars situation. Um, for, um, for those of you that didn't see, I posted my reaction to the final trailer. Um, so go check that out. It was a special episode of Back to Business. Um, but I want to talk about this whole ticket sales thing and what it represents in my eyes. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that would have you believe that Star Wars is dead and that not nearly uh, the amount of people that used to like Star Wars still do. But within an hour, the ticket sales for The Rise of Skywalker beat the in-game ticket sale record. I think that says a lot, you know, um, because the loud majority of the people I think if there isn't a better I don't think there is a better example of showing them that they are wrong and that they are in the minority the people that don't like what Disney is doing with Star Wars now don't get me wrong I do believe that you know a good portion of the people buying tickets are probably people that you know are you know are probably like ah, I've watched it this far might as well see how they end the whole thing and I'm sure that there are people that, you know, are hoping, man, I didn't like The Last Jedi. Please be good. Buy a ticket, you know. I mean, I'm not saying everybody that bought, bought a ticket, but the volume, I think, says everything. Um, because there's no way that the majority of people, when you're talking about a huge number like this, um, in fact, I probably should have done this before I started, but... Um, um, but let's see if I could find actual, actual numbers, um, because I actually don't know what the numbers are, if they have been released. Just sort of scrolling through quickly this article I found, um, okay, so this particular one did not all it says is that um no that's not what i want what okay um so this other article that i'm seeing says that it doubled it nearly doubled what endgame did but do we actually have um so it just beat its sales by 45%. That's crazy. Um, so the Adam app, um, their tally, this article is saying their tally of the best first hour sales performances is number one, The Rise of Skywalker, and then Endgame, and then Infinity War, 
and then The Last Jedi, and then Rogue One. So that's interesting. Um, okay. So there's no specific numbers yet, but that gives you an idea. Um, it beat... It beat... Um, it beat the in-game sales by 45%. Um, so that's, I mean, that, that gives you an idea. That, I mean, that's a pretty big number. And so I feel like these people that would say, um, and they are the loud minority, they are not the majority, but these, but there are people that would have you think that, um, you know, Star Wars is dead, but it's really not. Um... Um, but yeah, but you know, it, it's, it's really not, um, so, you know, um, so it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, um, I feel like this really just backs up like a lot of what I've been saying since, you know, doing my podcast and, and since, um, doing my YouTube videos, which I promise for those of you that have followed my YouTube, I, I am going to get back into it, um, uh, because there's, there, there's, there was a lot more people following my YouTube channel than have ever followed my podcast. And so I want to get back into that as well. There's just some things that I'm not ready to be on camera yet, <laughs> you know, um, um, I want a better studio, a better place to film in. Um, in the meantime, I'm planning on getting a green screen. Once I do, then I will start making videos again. But um, I don't have a green screen yet. I just haven't had the finances to. Um, but, uh, but for those of you that do want to see me on camera again, believe me, it's coming. I'm not going to stay away forever. Um, you know, I'm still living with my parents and stuff. So, you know, I only have a limited amount of space. Um, but once I get a place of my own, once I move out, um, but even before then, you know, once I have the money to, I am going to get a green screen so I can set it up behind me. I can put, you know, whatever I want behind me digitally. I don't have to worry about, um, this because, you know, I've said this before in the podcast, but I'm filming in my closet. I basically have like a walk-in closet where I have my clothes. And if you go on my YouTube channel, you can see videos where, you know, you can see the space. But it's basically I have my, my clothes on one side and the, the back door to the backyard, you know. Um, it's just clothes everywhere. Um, it doesn't really look good on, on, on camera. It's, it's, it's pretty messy, you know, even when it's not messy and it's all picked up and folded and look good, it still doesn't really look on camera and professional and all that kind of stuff. And so I just, you know, um, I just do this for now. But, um, but that was a tangent I wasn't planning on going on to. Take it as you will. But yeah, you know, I think Star Wars, I think Star Wars is bigger than a lot of people want to admit. Um, and I, I think that there's a lot of people that just can't grasp that what Disney is doing is working for a lot of people. Um, and, um, 
and I'm one of them, you know. And again, you know, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I'm, I'm I feel sorry for the people that don't like what's going on, but you know, you have to be able to move on, because I'm I'm t I'm telling you, like, uh, the, the majority of people that I talk to that don't like what Disney is doing, they just can't wrap their heads around Disney getting rid of the EU. That is the first argument that I hear everybody say. It's like, why did they have to scrap everything and start over? And everybody that I've talked to, every single person that I've talked to has had a not strong argument as to why Disney should have kept things the way they were. Um, completely blind to the situation. And I get it. As a fan, you know, you like what you like and, and you don't like change. I don't like change, but I'll, I'll never forget it. When Disney announced what they were going to be doing with the, with the, the you know, the books and the comics and, and everything, like, I never had a problem with it. Because that is the one problem that I've always had with Star Wars is it's all over the place. And I love now that it's not. And so, um, it really is one of the things where I'm not sorry. Because Disney doing what they did has made me love Star Wars more. And so, you know, I'm sorry that the thing that has made me love Star Wars is the thing that makes other people hate it. But, you know what, you're just going to have to get over it. Because it's like I tell people, the bottom line for me is like, look, before Disney there was G-Canon and like four other levels of canon. There was not canon. You can, you can say that there was until you're blue in the face all you want. But it wasn't canon. It was George just placating the fans. No, okay, you know, that's a cute little novel. Oh, okay, that's a cute little comic. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a cute little fan film. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it wasn't canon. There should have only ever been G canon. You know, we would, this would have been a completely different conversation if you know if if before disney bought star wars there was only one level of canon and everything was gcan or even two i'd give you two you know let's say the movies and tv shows as one and then you have a secondary canon for like books and video games and comic books and all of that so you had tv shows and movies for g canon and then you had you know another canon for you know everything that wasn't movies and tv shows I would, you know, at that point, I would be a little bit more understanding of fans, you know, at, at that rate, I would be like, okay, yeah, that that's a little upsetting. I don't know that Disney had to do that. But here's the thing, guys, it wasn't that way. There was like five different levels of canon. That's not canon. That's not how it works. It's either canon or it's not canon. That's how it works. There's not levels to it. It's either you're part of the family or you're not. You know? And I uh, just, I don't get it. I don't get the people that, I don't understand the people that defend it. But whatever. Whatever. So I'm super excited for the Rise of Skywalker. Um, seeing an opening day. Um, I don't normally go to night showings. Um, Otherwise, I probably this is this would have probably been the film that I would have gone to a Thursday night showing of, but um, I just don't want to deal 
with the crowd and um, there's all I know there's going to be a crowd for my showing that I'm going to but that's that's a little different to me you know in the morning everybody's sort of somber not exactly awake you know huddling all into the movie theater for an 845 showing of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker I'm excited I'm excited to see what that looks like um I'm about to finish the audio play of Dooku Jedi Lost. So either today or tomorrow, I would say, be on the lookout for my review of it. Because something that I've been saying is I'm going to review all of the um, Star Wars books and stuff that I'm, that I'm going through as I go through it. So I'm going to keep to that. So be on the lookout to hear my thoughts on the the audio play uh, just to sort of give a sneak peek or a spoiler i'm really enjoying it um it's really good if you haven't listened to it um i would highly recommend it um but yeah other than that i will give my review of it um like i said either later today or tomorrow be on the lookout and i will see you guys in the next podcast peace out Thank you.